This episode is brought to you by Total Restore. If you want to finally tackle your leaky gut, just watch the video at healthygut1.com. That's healthygut, the number one, dot com. Life presents the toughest challenges. Every day you are faced with decisions that test your ability to express who you really want to be in this world. We're told to keep saying affirmations and keep thinking positively, but what do you do when that stuff doesn't work? Welcome to the Overwhelmed Brain, where you'll learn to make decisions that are right for you so that you can create the life you want now. Hello and welcome to the show. My name is Paul Coliani and I'm here to help you increase your emotional intelligence so that you can avoid dysfunction, handle toxic situations with grace and ease, and show up as your authentic self. Everything I talk about on this show is my personal opinion and is meant for informational and educational purposes only. Always consult a medical or psychological professional before making any changes that could affect your physical or mental health should probably record that as a soundbite. <laughs> I say it every time. No, I think it keeps um, the newness alive in this show. I try to keep this show fresh. I try to keep it uh, so it's not monotonous. Um, that's hard to say, not monotonous. And I want to share with you today an email or two that I received a while back. Actually, one is through Twitter. And this is from someone who wrote to me a long time ago and complimented the show and you know, said how much he's learning and stuff like that. Uh, and then he wrote back a couple years later and said, hey, I'm still a loyal listener of the show. And I recently moved for work and it's not what I was told. My boss is a maniacal dictator and makes me depressed every day. I don't know what to do because I need the paycheck badly and jobs are few and far between here. Help. So that was the email. That's a tough one. That's a tough one. So I'm going to talk about that today pretty much. And there's another email I'm going to read that's a little bit longer and a little bit more involved. But even just that short message really sums up, I think, a lot of people in the world. I think a lot of people don't like their job. And, you know, I do um, partner with someone, Scott Barlow, who runs Happen to Your Career. If you go to theoverwhelmedbrain.com and you click on the button that says, annoyed by your career, he offers a few free things that can help you figure out what fits. That's his uh, language. He helps you figure out what fits so that you don't get stuck in a job that you don't like. So I, I don't want to make this an advertisement, but that's available for you if you are looking for something else in your life for a career. So uh, for the person who wrote this, I'm going to call him Matt. Matt um, is in a, a, a sticky situation because he moved to a new place and now he feels stuck there. And Matt, you've probably heard my episodes where I talk about stopping self-sabotage. I mean, if you've been a loyal listener all these years, stopping self-sabotage uh, by knowing your values. And your values dictate just uh, how you will make decisions. Your values will tell you what direction to go. Your values are the key, in my opinion. Your values are the number one uh, beacon to follow, in my opinion. I've been doing it for years. I've decided that I'm going to learn what's most important to me and follow that path no matter what. Now, I've talked about this on the show many times, so if this sounds like a repeat episode, there might be some repetition in here, but um, I'm not going to go dive in too much because there are, like I said, other episodes on this. But I want you to think about this, Matt, and anyone else listening that's in a situation that they don't like, that they can't or they feel like they can't get out of. Matt feels like he can't get out of this situation because he needs the money probably lives paycheck to paycheck, and I'm just making assumptions here, uh, or he has many bills, or he's in a lot of debt, or whatever. He is in a place that he feels like there are no more options. And I've been there. Uh, I've been in a space where there, there were literally no more options. 
it was when I was married and we ran out of money and we ended up living with her mom in a 600 square foot apartment and going to the soup kitchen every morning. Uh, we were ready to live on the street. We were literally ready to live on the street and uh, we had to get okay with every level of, I don't know, relegation, every level, every downward step that we took, every step backward that we took. Because throughout your life, you're hopefully taking forward steps. You're taking a step into a better job, a better relationship, um, learning new things, more education, more um, life experience. Hopefully, these are all forward steps to keep the momentum going so you keep moving forward. But then challenges happen. Life happens. Relationships fail. Jobs suck. (laughs) Some jobs are not fun. And you end up not liking them and wanting to get away from them. But you feel stuck. And you feel like you have no more options. And this is why I always stress how important values are. I sell a workbook called Stop Self-Sabotage. It's at theoverwhelmedbrain.com under the deeper learning menu. However, I'm just going to tell you how to do it. I'm not here to try to make money off you. I'm trying to get you to be in a space that you can be happier. I want you to be happier. I want you to be more fulfilled. And what ends up happening is that we sabotage our path to happiness. We sabotage our road in life. Like we have this road that is laid out before us and we're traveling down this road and these forks come up and we can go left or right. And that's very simplified, but we can take one path or another. And every moment is a a moment of decision. Hey, I, I moved to a new state or a new country and I got this job that, you know, I moved here for. This is Matt's situation. And now I find out that my boss is a maniacal dictator. What's most important to me in this moment? What is most important to me? Well, if it's money, I'm going to make money my priority and stick through it even though I hate my job. That might be the most important thing to you, Matt. If money is the most important thing to you, you might do that. However, you might also say money is so important to me that I'm willing to continue applying in other places. I'm willing to get a second job. I'm willing to do whatever it takes to make more money. But then somebody else might say, money is important to me, but um, my happiness is more important or my level of sanity is more important. And if I'm working for a maniacal dictator, my happiness is not going to be supported. And so In my Stop Self-Sabotage workbook and what I'm about to tell you now, uh, which again is is in other episodes, so it's going to sound a little repetitious if you've heard this before, but it is all about learning what your values are and making decisions based on those values. What does that mean? It means that you look at an area of your life and you determine what's most important, what means the most to you in that area of life. So let's just say it's a relationship. If you want a relationship and you finally get into one that's really great, but there are problems and you're trying to determine if those problems are bad enough to change something about the relationship or end the relationship or have quote the talk, um, the, you know, the ultimatum, like if you don't change, I'm out of here. You could have that kind of talk, uh, or whatever, but If you knew your values for relationships in general, then you could be on board with everything that you say and know exactly what to say, knowing that everything is in alignment with your values, which lead to your ultimate and overall happiness and fulfillment in life. I'm still a little big picture here, so let me zoom in and tell you how to do this. You do this by let's just say with relationships again, what is important to me about a relationship? If I were to do this, I would say, I got to be able to laugh with my partner. I got to know that my partner's honest. I got to know that my partner's loyal. I'm going to write down all these one or two words or phrases that are important to me about a relationship. 
I must enjoy sex. I must uh, find her attractive. I must, you know, on and on and on. If those are your values, that's what you write down. Be honest. Be very honest about your values. And you write all these things down, and then you put them in an order. What is the order of what I find most important? Well, I'm going to put sex way up there. But I might think about it and go, well, you know, sex isn't going to be all the time. It's going to be sometimes. So it's not going to be as important as wanting to laugh. You know, these are just values I'm not really thinking about uh, right now. I'm just kind of placing them out there just to show you how the exercise works. Uh, And I might want someone who's committed and someone who's honest. I'd certainly want honesty to be more important than sex for me. So that's going to be pushed down the list a little bit and maybe committed and maybe it respects me. I must be respected. I must be trusted. So all these values are coming up for me for relationships in general, not necessarily directed at my partner today. I mean, when you do your values, you want to do it for that area of life, but not specifically for what you're going through and who you're with and what you're doing today. In other words, don't be specific. If you work at Walmart and you say, well, I want Walmart to do this for me and I want Walmart to do that for me. Or if you're married, you want to say, I want my husband to do this for me. You want to change that to say, instead of Walmart, you say a job. I want a job to do this for me. Or I want this in a job. I want weekends off. I want to make X number of dollars per hour. I want to work X number of hours per week. You make what's most important to you about that area of life. And you can be as specific as you want. I want him to have dark hair. I want him to have a mustache. I want him to wear cowboy boots. You can be very specific. When you put them in a hierarchy, however, you're going to notice that the more specific things will probably move down the list. So you don't really have to put the specific things. I suggest that you do so that you know what you like and what you don't like. But uh, you don't have to do those. But if you do, you'll find out how they'll move down for the bigger picture things, for the more important, broader-based things like honesty, integrity, loyalty, commitment. Those may not be right for you. I'm just giving you my examples. But uh, this is how you do your values for the area of life you're working on. So what I'm telling Matt today and anyone listening that's in a tough situation, what area of life is it in? Is it your relationship? Is it your career? Is it your spirituality? Is it uh, your friendships? Is it, you know, on and on and on. And you write down what's important to you or what you value most about that area of life. What needs to be present? Uh, That's another way to go through this is what needs to be present in this area of life in order for me to enjoy it, in order for me to be happy. For example, um, one of my values in relationships is that there's no drugs. I don't want my girlfriend to be high. I don't want her to get stoned. I don't want her to do any of that stuff. I'm not saying she can't. I'm not saying she can't do it. And I'm not telling you it's wrong. I'm saying this is what I value in a relationship. So a relationship that would make me happiest wouldn't have that in it. And so when we first met and we started talking about this stuff, um, that came up. And she liked that value because she valued that too. And suddenly our values matched. Suddenly our values uh, enforced or reinforced each other's outlook of the relationship or each other's motivation to make the relationship more committed, more long-term. And this is what's helpful when you're discussing values with each other because you get to find out where you are the same and where you differ. And if those differences are going to be different enough to say, you know what, this isn't going to work. If one of you wants kids and the other doesn't, it might not work. I'm not saying it won't, but you have to realize if the top of your values list is you want kids and the other person has that way down the list, number 280, you're probably not going to be able to meet in the middle anywhere with that. It's not to say it won't happen someday, but You have to figure that out too. Like, by when do I want kids in this example? And does this person ever want kids? So this is why it's so helpful to understand your values in almost every area of life so that when you come across questionable things, 
like with Matt, when you come up to something that is challenging or questionable or makes you think twice or makes you believe you have no options, you just revert back to your values. So being Matt, I would say, okay, I have no options. I'm in this new place and I need the money. If I were to look at what's important to me about a career, first of all, do these values line up? Am I in alignment with these values? Matt's going to say no, because he wouldn't have written to me and said, I work for this jerk and I don't know what to do. He would say no. And from this point on, my new value is the boss has to be nice or whatever words you want to use, Matt. The boss shouldn't be a maniacal dictator, but it's better to ask what they should be or what you want them to be. So you might want to say the boss must be uh, caring and respectful and still a leader and still authoritative, but also um, forgiving. So you might have different words, Matt, of course. And when you do, you're going to have a new set of values from this experience. And this is what happens when we have experiences in life, our values get updated. And then we update them and then we go, okay, I will never do that again. And we can also say, oh, I will absolutely do that again. I got to make sure that that value is being met in this next situation in my life. That's why values can just run the show. Values can run the show and it makes life so much easier because there's no question. You take out the, the questions and you know, you know what to do. It may not always be easy to do what you know what to do, but you know what to do, which means you know what will make you happiest in the long run. And with you, Matt, you are not happy where you are. So your values for career are probably not being met, but there's more. Let's just say that you have life values because life involves career, relationships, recreation, spirituality, if that's your thing, and on and on and on. And you have all these areas of life that you want to make sure you're in alignment with so that when you're in a situation like this, that you revert back to your values and you make decisions based on your highest level values, usually the top three to five. And you say, okay, is this first value being met? No, it's not. Is the second value being met? Well, maybe it is. Is the third value being met? Maybe it is. Maybe it isn't. And you can see what happens and you can start to look at where it's being met and where they aren't. But what you need to pay attention to are the top level values. If the top level values are not being met, you will never be happy. Ever. And that's important to know. If you're going through an area of life that's challenging and your top level values are not being met, then it doesn't matter what else happens. And what I mean by that is take a relationship where the couple is on and off. They get back together, they break apart. They get back together, they break apart. And every time they get back together, it's based on something that the partner does that makes the other person feel good. So let's just say that the partner you broke up with decided to say, I'm so sorry, it'll never happen again. And they buy you a new car. And then you feel like, wow, uh, you bought me a new car. They, they must be serious. Hopefully you're not going to fall for this, but <laughs> that's a good example. We'll just use that example. You bought me a new car. Wow. You are really committed. You spent a lot of money on me and you go back to them. And then you start to see the same old patterns that caused you to break up with them in the first place. And you realize, wow, a new car doesn't really mean anything. Them spending money on me doesn't really mean any, mean anything. Them making such a big decision for me doesn't mean anything because they still do this behavior that I hate. So the new car is meaningless and the time and the money and the effort they spent on that new car is meaningless because the top level values weren't met. Because your top level value in relationship probably wasn't, they must spend a lot of money on me. If it was, that's up to you. It's your choice. But in this scenario, this person isn't happy because they don't have a top level value of they must spend a lot of money on me in order for me to be happy. So that's why if you find yourself going back to a relationship over and over again, that you probably have values that aren't being met. And often what I see is that the value of trust you know, must be able to trust the other person isn't being met. But, you know, values three, four, and five, and eight, and 10 are being met. 
but that top level value of trust is not being met. When it's not met, nothing else matters. If the top level values aren't met, nothing else matters. This is why it's so vital to know what your values are so that when you get into a situation, you can look at your values and go, whoa, that's what's happening here. My top level value isn't being met, so I'll never be happy. And then you make a choice from there. And that's the hard part. The hard part is making a choice that is in alignment with your values. Okay, I value trust and I value safety and I value love and I value honesty and I value being able to laugh. Let's just talk about relationships again. All of these values are being met except the top one because I don't really trust him or her. I don't really trust that person. I'm going to wait it out a little bit because uh, I want to see if they uh, show up as trustworthy. And because of that, I'm going to stay a little bit distant. But I'm still in the relationship because all these other values are being met. But I'm going to stay a little bit distant. And so week after week after month goes by and you're not getting any reinforcement of the trust. But it doesn't seem like you can't not trust them. It just seems like you can't trust them fully yet. So you wait and you wait and the value is never met, but you decide to stay and see what happens. But the value is never met. In fact, you might spend years with a person that you can't trust, even though that might be a top level value or the top one. And you find out that you are never as happy as you want to be. And after years, you may not even know why. You might not even know why you're not happy with this person because they seem to be doing everything right. But if you look inward and you ask yourself, well, what do I value in a relationship? And those values aren't fully being met, especially the top ones. Then you start to realize, oh, that's why I'm not happy because I don't have the full uh, comfort of knowing that this is a person I can trust. So that always puts me at the edge. I'm always on the precipice of being hurt. I'm trying to hold back, you know, trying to give them the benefit of the doubt. I'm trying to make this work, but I can't get past myself. So I'm holding it in and I'm trying not to uh, ruin what I have because everything else seems so good. But if you can't get those top values met, you'll never be as happy as you can be. You'll never be as fulfilled as you can be. So let me come back to Matt. Matt's in a situation where his values aren't being met. Okay, we know his career values aren't met, but what else in his life is not being met? Because obviously he's very unhappy here. What other values aren't being met for you, Matt? Like if I put myself in your situation and I worked for a maniacal dictator, then I would check in and go, okay, well, how is this a problem? How is it a problem that I am working for this jerk? You know, I'll just call him a jerk. And, uh, well, it's a problem because I feel like I should be respected at work. Okay. So that's a value for me. I'm putting myself in your shoes. That's a value for me. It's not even about work. I should be respected in life by anyone. So now I'm zooming out even further and finding out that this isn't really about my career. It's about how I'm treated as a human being. It's a broader picture of my life in general. So imagine if that value of knowing you deserve respect and you want to be treated with respect was being violated. You know, that's an umbrella term. I want to be respected in all these areas of life, my work and my relationship and my church and my um, recreational activity. I want to be respected in every area of life. So I have this really high level value that isn't being met. And that might be true for you, Matt, when you put yourself in that uh, state of mind. If this isn't being met, then what do I need to do to meet that value? Because that's really what it comes down to, isn't it? What do I need to do to meet this value of wanting to be respected? I don't know if that's your value, Matt, but that's mine. It's one of my top ones. If I'm not getting respected, what do I need to do to make that happen? There's several things that come to my mind. One of them is... Tell your boss, hey, look, I don't like when you disrespect me. Can you talk to me like a human being? I'm not saying you should do this. <laughs> I mean, that could absolutely get you fired. But I'm saying that when my values are violated, 
I honor the value, not the person violating them. And I think that's an important distinction. I think you'll agree. That's an important distinction is you honor the value because what's going to make you happiest overall? What's going to be long-term fulfillment overall? Not honoring people dishonoring you, not honoring the toxic people in your life. It's honoring your values. So this is all about honoring yourself. How do I honor myself in this moment? Because you're going to be faced with a challenge, which you are right now, Matt. You're faced with the challenge of a values violation. And when someone violates your value, you have a choice in every moment to use your power or lose your power. And you can use your power in the way of honoring your values, or you can lose your power by honoring the person dishonoring you. And if you take this to heart, if you take this inside your body and soul and spirit and whatever you believe, just take it all in and live your life this way, life is so much more fulfilling. What does that mean? Does that mean if I say this and I lose my job that I'll suddenly be more fulfilled and happy? Well, it could be. I'm not saying it will be. I'm not saying it won't. I'm not saying there won't be hard times. I'm not saying that you won't get fired for, for doing that. But what's most important to you is the path you follow, is the road that you lay out so that when the forks come up, you decide based on your values, not someone's control over you. You want to make your life based on what you want in your life and what you deserve. Because this is a whole nother level of your self-worth and self-esteem, or mostly self-worth. How you show up in life and how you let others treat you is a reflection of your self-worth. So you do have to look at this and ask yourself, am I worth more than this person is treating me? Am I worth more than what I'm exposing myself to in this situation? These are all important questions that lead to important decisions that will change your life. And the scary part is, yes, you could end up broke. You could end up homeless. You could end up without a job, without a relationship, without a bed to sleep on at night. And you might have higher values that say, you know what? It's more important to me to have a bed to sleep in at night than to be respected. You might have a value that, that overrides that. And my challenge to you is to challenge yourself and challenge your own values and ask yourself what's more important. Because for me, if I was in your situation, the first thing I would do is say, hey, I don't like to be treated that way. Could you please treat me with respect? Because I treat you with respect. That's the first thing that comes to my mind. I'm not saying I would say it in those exact words. And there might be some... Uh, other things that I try first, like I might see my boss and realize he or she is having a bad day and ask, hey, what can I do to help you out? It looks like you're really busy. It looks like you're really frustrated. What can I do to help you out? And that's usually where I go when I have to work with somebody in a place of authority is that I notice that they compensate for their vulnerabilities, for where they're feeling weak or tired or insufficient or incompetent. And I try to help them fill those gaps. I have other episodes that I talk about that, where when you are working for someone and they seem like a jerk all the time, it's probably because there's a lot riding on their shoulders and they don't know how to handle the stress and they don't want to appear weak. So what I do is try to find where they're weak and fill that gap in so that they understand that I'm on their side. So this could be a whole new perspective for you, Matt, to look at this as an opportunity to find out where this person needs help and then do your best to help them. I'm not saying they deserve it. I'm not saying that because they've been disrespecting you all this time that you should now kiss their butt. That's not it at all. But I am saying that if you want to try this as an experiment, like for example, you notice that they're always late with one report to their boss. So you do your best to help them finish that report. It's just a minor example and it may not apply to you, but I tell you what, if I had a lot on my shoulders and someone came along and said, Hey, I finished this for you. And it was always something that stressed me out. It would make my day. 
And I would suddenly see that person in a different light. And I might even start to be nicer to that person. And again, I'm not saying that you should be nice to people that aren't nice to you. I'm saying that sometimes you experiment, you give someone a chance, you look at where they need help in life and you give them that help. And if they respond to it, they may be not only lighter on you, but lighter on themselves and lighter in general and nicer. So that's another whole direction that you can take this and figure out if it can be helpful in your space. What I found most often is that when people are real jerks, when they are just nonstop, uh, especially in a work environment, they're usually in some sort of overwhelm. They're usually in some sort of place that they can't handle what's going on. And so I might step in and go, okay, let's see how I can help this person so that they don't have so much on their plate. Especially if I hear the same things over and over again, I can start to piece together what is a problem in their life. Not that you can do anything. Maybe you can't do anything. Maybe their job entails uh, things that you have no control over and that you cannot possibly help them with. But it's amazing what happens when you step in and offer something to someone who's just been a jerk the whole time to empower them to realize their own behavior. That's another angle of this is that when you step in and are nice to someone that's been a jerk to you the whole time and you say, hey, look, I just want to help you out. looks like you're pretty frustrated with this. So I'm going to put in a couple extra hours for free uh, just to help you finish this up not saying you should do this. <laughs> I'm just saying if it were me, I like experimenting like that. I like trying to figure out what works and what doesn't. And if it does work, imagine what your life will be like after that. Your boss looks at you and go, oh my God, I can't believe you did that for me uh, after what a jerk I've been. I mean, that's a utopian scenario and hopefully it's true, but Who knows? You may do something like that and they may want more from you and more from you. Then they may be tyrannical like you're implying here and continuing to push you down and trying to make you feel bad. Maybe there's some narcissistic tendencies or maybe they're just a complete egotistical, maniacal person like you said and there's nothing you can do. But I like to try to exhaust all my resources, all my effort Because, you know, I made the commitment. I came down. I decided to work here. I'm going to do my best. No, it's not my job to figure you out. It's actually your job to respect me. It's actually your job to want me to work for you. So you got to treat me nicer. I agree with all that. And at the same time, because I'm talking about myself and your situation, and I love studying human behavior and human communication just to figure out what works and what doesn't. Uh, I might do certain things that were not necessarily in my character. I might not necessarily be nice to anyone that was a jerk to me. I just might be a jerk back or just say, look, I can't handle being around you. You're just a maniacal dictator and I don't want that anymore. When you can learn to respect me, then I'll come back. And that person may say, well, you're fired then. And I'll be like, well, thank you then. I might just walk away. And this is where some people get stuck. Maybe you're stuck here, Matt. I can't walk away. I can't afford to walk away. Then we come right back to values. What do you value more? Do you value the money most? Or do you value being respected? I'm going to tell you this, and it's hard to hear, is that every time I've followed my values, every time I've honored them, every time I've chosen to be in alignment with my values and make decisions based on values alone, my life has always worked out for the better. Yes, even when I was waking up at 6 a.m. to go to the soup kitchen every morning, I was in alignment with my values. That's not to say I wasn't trying to get a job. That's not to say that I wasn't trying to make my life work out a bit differently because after a few months, it did. But when I was homeless and needed food and help from the government, I finally found a job that was getting us into a better space and my values were compromised in that job and I still quit. I quit knowing that I would end up back in line at the soup kitchen every morning. I'm not trying to play a martyr here. I'm just sharing a story that when you follow your values, you will make decisions that might seem a bit uncharacteristic or not socially normal or acceptable because your values are that important to you. That's what I want you to do. I want you to treat your values as so important that You believe you are worth making these decisions, even if there's a cost involved, even if there's a risk involved. 
Now, saying that, let me just disclaim that I'm not telling you to quit your job. I'm not telling you to do any of that. I'm telling you to understand what your values are and make decisions based on those values because you'll always be happier and more fulfilled when you do that. So this is what I have to share with you today, and I hope this helps. It's not exactly a magic pill that solves everything, but I do want to tell you if you want to learn to make the right decision, that's how I believe you do it. In my belief, that's how you do it. And I've tested it over and over again. And some decisions were harder than others. A lot of them were. And this works in almost every area of life. I have made decisions in my own relationship that I knew if I brought up to my girlfriend that it would probably lead to our breakup. I mean, you know, this hasn't happened in a long time, but near the beginning, you know, there were values that I held dearly that if they were violated, I wouldn't stick around for them to continue to be violated. I wouldn't do it because I'm important. Yes, I said it. (laughs) And you are too. You are important and you are worth honoring. And I need you to be on board with that, that you are worth honoring so that you don't allow anyone to dishonor you. Thanks for writing that. I hope this helps. We'll be right back. Digestive troubles, weight gain, low energy, achy joints. If you've been struggling with any of these, Dr. Stephen Gundry says you're not alone, and he knows the real cause. Dr. Gundry is one of the most famous and well-respected diet experts in the world, and he says that most of these problems aren't about lack of exercise or even genetics. The real cause is leaky gut. Leaky gut happens when you eat certain foods that contain lectins, which are tiny little particles that tear holes in your digestive tract. These particles then wreak havoc on your insides, causing poor digestion, fatigue, achy joints and muscles, brain fog, and even worse health issues. So what's the solution? Well, you just need to know a few foods to avoid, and Dr. Gundry has made a free video describing exactly what they are. People who watch the video have reported more energy, smoother BMs, slimmer waistlines, and a stronger, healthier body. If you want to finally tackle your leaky gut, just watch the video at HealthyGut1.com. That's HealthyGut, the number one, dot com. Welcome back. You know, one thing I love about talking about values is that if you were to listen to most of my episodes, you'll find probably a common thread. And that common thread is to value yourself, is to honor yourself, is to realize that in order to raise your self-esteem, you increase your self-worth. And the way to increase your self-worth is to say, I'm important. And so it may sound egotistical and maybe it is. And that's a good thing in my opinion, because what you're doing is you're increasing your ego in a healthy way. I believe that you can increase your ego in a healthy way so that you feel better about yourself. Why not? Say it. I'm important. And when you know you're important, then when somebody mistreats you and causes you to feel bad about yourself, you can step back and go, wait, wait, wait. I'm important. (laughs) I know I am. I mean, maybe you don't say that to them, but you think it or even say it out loud to yourself. Wait, I'm important. And I know I'm important. So I know I don't deserve this treatment. I mean, you make it so obvious to yourself. You make it common knowledge. I know I don't deserve this treatment. Why am I still here? Why am I not saying anything? Why am I not telling that person to go themselves. <laughs> Why am I not saying what I really mean in this moment? You know, I've asked this question before is when you're in a challenging situation, you ask yourself, what would I do if I had no fear of the consequences? What would you do? How about you, Matt, the person who wrote the letter? What would you do if you had no fear 
of the consequences. Well, I'd tell that maniacal dictator to go mm, himself. And I would say, I don't need this job. I don't need you. Why are you? I mean, you may say something like that. I personally prefer the more stoic approach of uh, saying, hey, look, I don't prefer to be disrespected. In fact, when you're yelling at me, could you do so behind closed doors? Because I don't like when you yell at me in front of the other employees. It's disrespectful. And frankly, it's quite immature. I expect a boss to be a leader, not a child. I mean, that might be something I say word for word because I don't mind the consequences. Oh, I shouldn't say it that way. I am okay with the consequences because I'm aligned with my values. I'm okay, like I was saying earlier, stepping down, relegating, going backward, getting demoted. I'm okay being fired. I'm okay being broken up with, being divorced. I'm okay with all that stuff. I don't like it. I'm going to be hurt by it. It's going to feel like crap. I'm not going to be happy. I'm going to be unhappy. I might even get a little depressed. I might fall into a slump. I know it, but I'm going to be okay. You'll be okay. You just have to know that as you get hit with these challenges in life and those challenges bring you down, that you will be okay. You will get through it. And I know that's true as long as you're in alignment with your values, because let's just say that you're in a relationship and you found the love of your life and that person's the one, but they don't meet one of your top values. They flirt online with people and then you can't trust them. And now you're living with someone that you know isn't cheating, but they are emotionally cheating or they're hurting you in some way because they're spending all their time and energy on someone else online. You know, this is a made up scenario, but not for some people. For some people, this is very real. So your value of trust and wanting to spend time with the person and wanting them to want to spend time with you. I mean, you might have values that absolutely aren't being met. And so you say, you know what? I can't handle it anymore. If you can't stop uh, going online and flirting with these people, then I'm leaving you. Let's just say we jump right to that. Let's just say you had conversations and they never stopped or you went to therapy and they never stopped. So for this example, I'm jumping right into, I can't handle it anymore. I'm leaving you because you know, your value isn't being met and you don't want your values dishonored. So you leave them and now you are in a slump, you're depressed and they were the one what happened and maybe they'll change. And you know, you have all these thoughts, but after a while, let's just say that you never get back together after a while you'll revisit that value and go, you know what? I would never have been happy because I couldn't trust that person. I would never have been happy because I can't be with someone who spends more time and energy on other people that they're attracted to and not me. Those aren't my values. So yes, I feel bad. I feel sad. Yet my values weren't being met and I'm worth more than that. I'm important. I am worthy. I deserve better treatment. And I deserve someone who honors me and honors my values. Because if they don't, then I'll never be happy with them. So yes, I'm unhappy now, but I was unhappy then too. And then you'll trick yourself by saying, yes, but at least some parts of the relationship were happy and some parts of the relationship I felt good. But you'll always be on the precipice of getting hurt, of getting your heart crushed. And that to me is even worse I would rather just get my heart crushed and get out of it and deal with it and heal because sometimes until it's crushed, the healing won't start. And if I'm in the relationship and I'm always on the precipice of getting my heart crushed, then I'll never start healing because I'm always waiting for the next bad thing. So I have to get out of it. And I'm not saying that you should follow this to a T. I'm not saying that this is exactly what you should do. I'm just asking you again to know what your values are and make decisions based on those values because in order to line up with your own worth, with your own importance and to bring people in your life that are in alignment with your worth and with your importance and want to honor you because they want you to be happy, then you need to follow your own path. You need to follow the path that shows everyone else, this is how I deserve to be treated. And with the right people, you'll never have to say that. With the right people in your life, you will never have to say, this is how I deserve to be treated. How do you find the right person? You stay in alignment with who you are and those people gravitate toward you. 
you'll gravitate toward those people. They'll gravitate toward you and you won't settle because that's what happens when we start to not honor our values as much as we used to. We start to give in a little bit because we're just so alone all the time or, you know, talking about relationships. We just want someone in our life. So we bring someone that may not meet everything, which is okay. I mean, you can do this as long as you're aware of it. You can bring people into your life, whether it's a relationship, a friend, anything that aren't necessarily in alignment with your values, but you know they aren't and you appreciate the differences. That could happen too. That could happen. But you have to be aware of it that they aren't going to necessarily meet you at your value level, just like you won't meet them at theirs. And that's how friendships are often formed. My values don't mean your values, but I love having a conversation with you. And that's more important than all these values. So here we are again, putting in a hierarchy, what's more important to us. It can get a little convoluted, I understand. But all you have to do again is ask yourself, what's most important here? This is how I avoid uh, relationship fights. <laughs> when, when my girlfriend and I have some sort of heated conversation, if it gets to the point where we're both really not getting anywhere and we're both starting to feel really hurt from each other's words, I'll probably just back out of it and say, you know what, what's more important here is that we nourish this relationship. I won't say this to her. I'm thinking this to myself. What's more important here is that I nourish this relationship, that I honor this person that chose to spend her time with me, that I want her to be happy. That's what's most important to me. So I'm going to step out of the argument and I might even say, you know what, I'm sorry. You know, I'm sorry that this got so heated. I'm sorry about what I said. I shouldn't have said those words. You know, we have a difference of opinion on this and I don't know where to go with it, but I don't want to put you down. I don't want to make you feel bad. I may not say it that way. That sounds very scripted. Uh, but you know, when you're in the heat of the moment, you have feelings, you have emotions and stuff comes out and you might say the wrong thing. So what do you do? You can zoom out, see the bigger picture. What do I really want? Not with this moment, but overall long-term with this person. What do I really want? When you start focusing outside of the details and into the bigger picture, into the broader scope of what you really want in a person, place, or thing, then your focus changes. And then it's not so much about needing to be right. It's more about what you really value and what you, and what you really want long-term. And that helps me get out of my own space, get out of my own head, get out of the argument so that we can both be in a more forgiving space, more vulnerable space. You know what? I was wrong. I shouldn't have said that. I was wrong. That's a vulnerable space. And what usually happens is the other person says, you know, I was probably too strong and I'm sorry. Because once one person is forgiving and vulnerable, hopefully you're with someone that does the same thing. But you open the door for that to happen by stepping out, looking at the bigger picture and seeing how you can communicate maybe a little bit better. There's a lot to explore there too. So I'll do that on another episode. But I want to thank you for joining me today. This has been amazing to connect with you. Even though you're just listening to me, I feel like I'm connecting with you. Every time I talk on this microphone, I feel like I'm talking directly to you. And I hope you think I'm not just talking at you. I want to feel like I'm connecting with you in some way. That's one of my goals, just, just to make a connection, just to let you know that I, I want to connect with you and I want you to have the best life possible. So this is my little slice of the pie of helping you improve your life in any way I can. Always great to connect with you. So glad that you tuned in. Thank you so much. We'll be right back. I'll say some thank yous, my final words, and goodbye after this. Be right back. Thank you for listening to another episode of The Overwhelmed Brain. I want to thank our sponsor today over at Total Restore. Head over and check out their video at healthygut1.com. That's the words healthygut, the number one, dot com. I also want to thank a couple of people that reviewed the show. Izzy and Michelle uh, is one reviewer name. Uh, this person says, I enjoyed listening to the podcast, but if you could slow down a bit, it was hard to comprehend because you talk so fast. <laughs> and then they said, I love the content, though. So, um... I don't know if that's possible. <laughs> I don't know if I can slow down because it's kind of stream of thought. I don't use any script. However, here is a tip. There are podcast players that play in 0.75 speed 
and you might be able to get a lot more from the show if you listen. I slowed down my voice on purpose. And it can also play at higher speeds. So there are people that uh, listen at um, one and a half times the speed. Uh, I'm kind of one of those people. Um, But I apologize that I talk so fast sometimes. But I just got an email or, or I saw a review somewhere down the line like two weeks ago that said, it takes so long for you to get to the content sometime. But I've also gotten emails and reviews that tell me that I don't get to the content fast enough or I don't talk about what was in the title of the show until 50 minutes in. And then there are people that say, you fill so much in your episode that I have to listen 12 times. I get every response you could possibly think of to this show. And instead of trying to fit the mold of everyone's specific taste, I just come on as myself. (laughs) So I am grateful for your review And I apologize that sometimes I might talk a little fast. Utilize the technology. Slow me down. Some podcast players will allow you to play at different speeds. Try it out. Maybe that's what you need. And I got another review from Samantha Kit Meow that said, I was was listening to the grab bag episode that said she's loving my insights. And she tried the uh, breakdown method, trying to break down an anxious mind where you just ask yourself, well, how is that so bad? And you mentioned some people might think death being the worst case scenario. And one might ask, well, how is death so bad? And for her, she pictures all of her family crying, finding her lifeless. And that depresses her thinking about who actually cares. So this exercise doesn't help her. And she's wondering if I had any other methods. Uh, A, thank you so much for writing the review. She still gave me five stars, so I'm very grateful. Uh, And B... That's a a very deep subject. You could probably get to the worst case scenario, like you said, and picture your entire family finding you lifeless and crying and being depressed. And I would, you know, push you a little further and say, well, how is that so bad? And you might go, what? That's the worst thing that could possibly happen. And I might say, well, how is it bad? Well, I don't want my family to be crying when they find my lifeless body. I mean, this is kind of morbid, but this is what she said in her review. I don't want them crying when they find my lifeless body, which is all uh, her visualization. She's not saying she's going to kill herself. She's saying uh, that's the worst case scenario. So I'm trying to get out of my anxiety and I finally get to the point where I go, okay, what would happen if I died in this moment? And that's where she went. And she said, "I, I picture my family crying and they're very unhappy. And um, this exercise I'm talking about is all about diving in and under where you normally stop. And what I mean by that is that we often say something that upsets us, but never dive into it. And we just make the assumption that anyone would be upset about that. So why dive into it? And that gets us in trouble, in my opinion. It gets us in trouble if we go, well, anyone would be mad if they were cut off in traffic. Anyone would be mad if someone screamed at us at the top of their lungs about the way we treat our kids. Anyone would be mad. And so we don't dive into why we're mad about that. We just assume that anyone would be, would be mad. So we'll just stop there with our thought process. And doing that keeps us where we are and keeps us from improving ourselves and keeps us from healing from what we need to heal from. And we'll hold on to things. We'll hold on to our emotions, that negative state. And we may not be able to resolve it. We can hold on to things forever. (laughs) We can hold on to things for the rest of our lives because we choose not to dive into why we're angry, why we're upset, why we're sad. We just believe that, oh, anyone would be sad then. Anyone would be angry then instead of diving into it. So what this reviewer is talking about is when something happens in your life and you ask yourself, Well, how is that so bad? You actually dive in and under why something is upsetting you. For example, I was on vacation and I forget what it was, but I got angry at something. And it was something obvious like, well, anyone would get angry about that. But I don't like holding on to anger. So I asked myself, well, okay, you know, know, first the normal question, like, why am I angry? Well, I'm angry because X, Y, Z. Yeah, but what about that makes you angry? That'll be my second question. Well, when this person did this, it made me angry. Okay, so that specific thing made you angry. And why did that make you angry? And so I'll ask myself again. I go, well, it made me angry because I'll make something up. I felt that person was disrespecting me. And then I'll go into the how is that so bad drill down process where I want to find out what's underneath that. 
Okay, yeah, that might make anyone angry if they got disrespected. But why do you get angry when you're disrespected? Because now I'm talking to myself as a coach. I want to know what specifically about being disrespected makes you angry. And so now I'll dive in. How is that a bad thing? And I'll ask, well, it's bad because when I'm disrespected, I, and I'll come up with something. I'm not going to dive into it now, but that's the point is that you find out where your thought process stops and you dive into that. So why I'm saying this is with this reviewer, uh, she stopped at my family crying, finding me lifeless. And that depresses me thinking about who actually cares. And my next question for that is to dive into that too. Okay, why does that depress you? And how is that bad? And it's not about reaching the conclusion of your visualization. It's not about that at all. It's a philosophical exercise of learning what motivates you to have a certain emotional state. It's about really diving in and under, asking yourself why it upsets you, asking yourself how that is a bad thing, asking yourself questions until you get to the point where you really can't answer. I mean, that's the, the whole point is you keep asking yourself and you, until you get to the point where there is no response, where you're past the emotions. Because right now she's still in this emotional state. Her next emotion is it depresses her. I mean, depression is sort of a lack of emotion, but why does it depress you? How is that a bad thing? It's a tough question and maybe she can't answer it. But if she stops there and doesn't continue drilling in, She's not going to get to an even deeper realization in herself of the origin of why she gets upset or why she gets anxious of that top level thing that she was thinking about earlier. So this is a really, really, really deep subject. You know, drilling in is deep. But uh, when you get to that point where you're underneath all of the emotions, you're almost at a point where there's no emotion at all. And it's just uh, an intuition or something you learned a long time ago or something you heard where it's just something else. It's almost like knowing yourself before you created beliefs about yourself, before you understood yourself. It's getting to the origins and even before the origins of when these emotions first started. And that's a vital component of drilling down, drilling down, drilling down, where you get under the emotions so much that you're before the emotions ever began in the first place. It's like learning the first time you were ever anxious about anything and what caused that. We can carry around fear for a long time. We can carry around anger for a long time. We can carry around these things for a long time. And the drill down method that I use, or at least that's one of them, helps you get underneath and before all of those ever started. So that's a huge, deep subject. Certainly not something I can just talk about during the outro of this show and get to a good place with. Um, definitely I'll bring it up again in future episodes and certainly I've talked about it in other episodes, especially the anxiety episodes and the figuring out why you're unhappy episodes and other things that help you drill in, drill down and get to a better space in yourself uh, so that these emotional states don't control your overall feeling and being. So I want to thank you, Samantha Kit Meow, for writing this and for listening to the show and for reviewing the show. I appreciate you. I appreciate anyone that reviews the show. I may not see them all or read them all, but I am grateful. And this is definitely a deep topic, something that um, if you're still in that funky state, you might have to drill even further. But um, I must say that you're, if you're stuck in that state and you can't get past it, you might need to talk to someone. So reach out to a professional, reach out to a best friend, reach out to a trusted family member, whatever it takes just to talk it out. Because some of this stuff, it's hard to do alone. It really is. I mean, listening to self-help, listening to podcasts, watching videos, it's all about helping you improve yourself, but it is challenging to do it by yourself. It is challenging to do it alone. You know, that's why some people reach out to coach with me is that they know they can't get out of their own way. They know they can't get out of their own space. They're in their own stuff. And it's very hard to see from an outside perspective inside to help them get themselves out of their own stuff. So anyway, I thank you again for that. And I'm still in my thank you mode. I want to thank the patron members over at patron.theoverwhelmedbrain.com. 
they are the supporters of this show. You know, the patron site is where I offer all those private episodes, uh, workbooks and other resources that I don't offer to the general public. Because when you support the show through the patron program, you get all those extras and I love to give back. So if you want to be a supporter, head over to patron.theoverwhelmedbrain.com. And I thank you so much, existing patron members and anyone who's donated to the show. I appreciate you. And finally, thank you to Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com for some of their music transitions in the overwhelmed brain. And my last comment on values is that uh, the steps you take when you honor your values, they often feel like a step into the abyss. They often feel like a step into a giant black hole and you have no idea what's on the other side. Actually, a better analogy might be a wormhole. I don't know if you ever watch sci-fi, but uh, a wormhole takes you from one part of the universe to another part of the universe. And in the science fiction world, uh, when somebody discovers a wormhole, they usually don't know where it ends up. And so it is a leap into the unknown. So when they dive into it and they end up 300 light years away, they have no clue how to get back. Hopefully the wormhole takes them back, but they're in a new space. They're in a new time. They're in a new place. And that's what it can feel like when you honor your values, because you're going to take steps into what seems like an abyss or a wormhole and you'll probably have no idea what's going to happen and when you can get into that space where you take that step because you want to stay in alignment with your values you open up a whole new world you are 300 light years away from where you were you are off track because sometimes the track you're on doesn't always work out Sometimes you're on a path that is taking you down the same road with the same repeated patterns and you get the same toxic people and the same toxic environments over and over again because you're not honoring yourself or believe that you're worthy enough to stand up for yourself as if you were your own best friend or your own child. I sometimes use that analogy as sometimes you have to look at yourself as a helpless child and stand up for that child. And say, no, this child does not deserve to be treated this way. This child deserves respect and kindness and caring and support. So I will not let you treat this child this way. You know, that's our inner child, our fears, our vulnerabilities, our happiness, our playfulness. There's so much that we possess that sometimes we feel like a child when we're in that state. Like we're being yelled at, we might feel like a child. Or we're having the time of our life, we might feel like a child. And so there's still a part of us that possesses this, that we walk around with. So when we are in a situation where someone's mistreating us, where someone's misbehaving, and we feel like we're on the crap end of the stick, we can either retreat and hope it never happens again, or we can speak up and say, look, I deserve better treatment. I am worthy. I am important. You are important. And when you decide that you're not important enough, and you decide to take the proverbial punches or sometimes the real punches, it's just like letting that child get beat up. And that's a little harsh and I don't mean to be, but I've done this a lot of my life. I was the master people pleaser and I let people beat me up, not physically, but in every other way possible. I was the submissive, obedient, people pleasing child and I kept that for a good 35 years of my life. I was the yes man. I wanted to make everyone else happy and I would sacrifice a lot. I would sacrifice myself. I would sacrifice my values. And it was a wake up call to realize that I could finally honor myself and that I was worthy and I didn't have to say yes to everyone that I could actually say no to people. That's a good feeling when you start doing that because you find out that you actually love yourself. And if you don't think you love yourself, well, that might be the difficulty because sometimes you have to learn to love yourself. Learning to love yourself may be doing what you need to do for you, doing what you know is right for you, doing what you've never done before for yourself. And that might mean standing up for yourself. That might mean respecting yourself, honoring yourself, applying all your life values to yourself and being in alignment to the point where everyone knows how you want to be treated. And then the people that don't want to treat you that way, they'll fall off out of your life. And then there are people that will absolutely admire and respect you for being you. But the trick is to start admiring and respecting yourself. And you do that by keeping an open mind. This helps you step into your power so that you can create the life you want. Always take steps to grow and evolve. You are powerful beyond measure. And above all, 
and this is something I absolutely know to be true about you. You are amazing.